This is Twin City Song Story, a podcast about creating new music for the stage and its creators. I'm your host, Mark Sweeney. In this episode, I feature Jill Bernard. Jill's traveled the world with her one-woman, historically-placed improvised musical, Drum Machine. We'll talk about the challenges of creating improvised music, music that's character-based, somewhat structured, and recognizable, yet completely created in the moment. We'll talk about how she preps for her shows and what she's learned after 13 years as a solo improviser. Drum Machine is running Monday nights at Huge Theater this January. Oh, and before we get into the episode, be sure to leave a comment on Playlist if you like what you hear and want to keep hearing this podcast. Thanks. Here's Jill. I'm Jill Bernard, and I do a show called Drum Machine. How did you know what was meant for you? I was interested in, in solo improv because I'd done pretty much all of the improv available in Minneapolis at the time that it was uh, back in 2002 and I'd seen some solo improv. I saw Andy Enger in Chicago and Lisa Jolly in New York and I woke up one morning and had the clear thought there should be a show called Drum Machine. I went down the street. There was a music store there at the time um, and I bought a drum machine and the guy said, what kind do you want? I was like, I don't know, it's a drum machine. Um, and I was asked to perform at the Red Curtain Cabaret at Bryant Lake Bowl, did about five minutes, and it just grew from there. My mother is extremely musical. She can play any instrument. She can play a song she's heard one time. So in my life, we were always making up songs. We were always creating music. So it's never, I've never not been making up songs. And as a comedy sports player, it's the thing I really liked best. So when I had a chance to put together a solo show, it seemed like a no-brainer that it would have music. American War is very complicated. <laughs> no one even knows what it's about or has any memory. You know, it's funny, my mother is also a history teacher. But for me, in terms of the things I liked in school, there's, it's not history itself, it's the stories from history the individuals and the situations. I can't tell you dates or times, but there'll be something about history that, that sticks with me. I took a really great class in one summer at University of California in Berkeley, and they basically covered all of history in a summer, and it was incredible. Just these little cool stories stitched together. They're the best stories ever, because they're true, and they're, they're crazier than fiction could ever now, be. Uh, please, Mr. Barrett. The overture. The day of a drum machine show, I have things that I like to make sure that I've done. I like to make sure that I've sung a real song, an existing song from the radio. And I also like to have made up one song. Sometime during the, I treat the whole day as prep. Then I like to do a series of short scenes for myself to warm up. And there are some various warm up games. In terms of rehearsing the entire show, I don't do that on a regular basis. I've worked with various coaches, but just every couple of years. And at that time, I'll do a show for them. But for the most part, um, I don't really rehearse except just little scenes before the show starts. The essential principle is something James Bailey from Comedy Sports LA taught us, which is um, you sing when the emotion is too great to speak, and when the emotion is too great to sing, you dance. And so it's emotionally driven. 
the point at the show in which I sing is when the emotions are so high in any vector that it has to be a song. And just structurally, I feel like there should be a song every scene and every few minutes. It's also, I collaborate a lot with musicians and sometimes they drive the number of songs and the placement of songs. Peter Gurton at the Brave New Workshop in particular is somebody, when we work together, he's got a song in there every second. It's almost an opera with recitative because Peter never stops playing. Other musicians are waiting for a cue from me, so there might be less songs, but for me personally, it's driven by the emotional peak of the scene. You know what's funny? When they teach improvised songs, when they teach improvised musicals, uh, they tend to teach it in a very disciplined way because it should sound like a song, so it should have a bit of structure. When, when musicians teach it to you, it's horrible because they're always like, oh, it's easy. You just count five, seven, five. And then they say it in a very mathematical way that makes sense to a musician. Then... When improvisers teach it to you, they teach you at least how to do an A-B, A-B rhyme scheme. They might teach you how to do a tagline song, so there's a repeated line at the end. They'll teach you what a chorus is. But when I'm doing solo improv, I really learned, because I'm by myself, I cut myself all kinds of slack. There was a point a couple years ago when I, I gave myself permission to never rhyme. And after that, I rhymed so much more so it was so much easier to rhyme having give myself permission to not rhyme just to lay off the pressure of that with solo improv you totally anything you can do to to get remove some pressure is well worth it and in terms of the song structure i'm never really that concerned about song structure because i'm by myself and i don't have to sing with someone else i'm not setting someone else up to repeat the pattern of the song so I'm not as disciplined as others, as other musical improvisers are. But a people who've accompanied me on piano or guitar or what have you say that I'm, it's easy to follow me because I give you physical cues as to what part of the song we're on. It might not structurally be time for the bridge, but my body is telling you and my emotional point of view is telling you that we're having a bridge now. So I'm sure if you looked at the song transcribed, It'd be a mess, but it feels it feels like a song from the outside is what's important. There's a sweet there's a sweet spot in the middle because sometimes people improvise a song that has absolutely no structure, and it feels like one of those rambling 1960s folk songs that nobody put a chorus on, and that's unsatisfying. Um, or it feels like some of those songs that Frank Sinatra wrote himself, so they don't. <laughs> It's just a man singing words. So a little bit of structure is a good thing, or at least the appearance of structure. Knowing that, And anything you can do to... But I, I'm not the most disciplined um, musician in the world. And I, I, it's frustrating for some people who've collaborated with me in the past, but I can do it if I need to. Uh, there's a great book called, by Nancy Howland Walker called Instant Songwriting. And she really spells out how to do it, like how to create these songs that have intense structure. But for me, uh, with solo improv, you have so much to spend your energy on that I cannot devote a large portion of my energy to making really precise song structure.
knocks. There has never been a knock. And now there's a knock. What could it mean? There's a knock at the door. I know that. I should get the door. The interesting thing about improvised songs is people like songs that they know. The songs that we sing along with on the radio are our favorite songs. So your job as an improviser is to create a song that feels like we already know it as quickly as possible. So it has to have strong emotions so we feel like we're drawn into it. But anything you can do in terms of repetition is going to make it feel like a song. And there are, there are accompanists in town or and around the world um, like Austin Fisher in particular, very talented musician. And when he improvises a song, it feels, it feel, it might feel like a song that you know, which is really helpful because you're like, oh, this song is kind of like Katy Perry Firework. <laughs> so the song that I improvise with this could have the tonality, could have the quality of this existing song that we know. It's not going to be that song, but it's kind of nice to have a feeling of, oh, this is what kind of song this is. And I like to do, anytime I can get the audience to sing along for a portion or at least clap their hands, I really like it because it really makes it feel for them like they're, like it's a song that they know, like they're at a concert. The show has evolved. Well, the first performance was only five minutes long, and now the average performance is 45 minutes long. What, what I'm still discovering is that as a solo performer, as a solo improviser, you can do things that are a lot more serious without repercussions. You have license somehow, at least I do. I feel like the audience gives me license to do things that are just bittersweet or charming in a non-laugh-a-minute kind of a way. The stories I can tell can be much more, um, much closer to a scripted piece of theater that might not be for laughs. It might be uh, for some other purpose. Come on, boy. Take the brochure. I don't care what you do with it later. <laughs> oh, shoot, what's it for? <laughs> Here's a full excerpt from a previous performance of Drum Machine. Oh, your basket of brochures is still full, huh? Well, there's always tomorrow. I don't know if there is, Mom. I don't know if I'll go out there again. Recruiting for the Spanish-American War is very complicated. <laughs> no one even knows what it's about or has any memory. <laughs> what it meant. I don't even know, Mom. I just feel stupid. Thank you. I don't know, Mom. How did you know what you wanted to be? Did you always want to be a small town farmer in Kansas? How did you know what was meant for you? Did it 
My mother said to me when I was only three, you're not too smart or pretty. You'll never be a teacher or a nurse. Why not stay here? It could be worse. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Twin City Song Story, produced and hosted by Mark Sweeney with support from Minnesota Playlist and Noise Picnic. For more information about Jill Bernard, Drum Machine, and Huge Theater, you can visit jillbernard3.blogspot.com or hugetheater.com. If you like what you hear, please rate Twin City Song Story on iTunes and spread the word. This is Twin City Song Story.